Hello, welcome to the Jew3 Project Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Fields. I'm the founder of the Jew3 Project. All right, thank you for listening to another episode of the Jude 3 Project podcast. As always, I'm your host, Lisa Fields, the founder of the Jude 3 Project, and I'm really excited today because we have one of my business mentors and friends and big brothers, Mr. Ryan Gillum. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for the great introduction, and thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, Ryan has a, a new book out. Um well, his his first book. But before we get into the book, Ryan, tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, I'm first off a, a child of God. I'm a father and a husband. My wife and I will be married for nine years uh, this summer. Um, I have two Ooh. wonderful children. Yeah, yeah. Two wonderful children, a boy and a girl. Uh, my son is two. My daughter is 10 months. And uh, I work a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I work a lot. I'm a, I'm a former uh, collegiate athlete. I was a captain of my college track and football team, so I learned how to how to do a couple of things at one time. So I'm trying to emulate that now and keep up with myself. Gotcha. Uh, what what school did you graduate from? University of South Florida. I started at University of Oregon, and then I finished at the University of South Florida. Mm-hmm. So tell our audience also a little bit about your book and why okay, the motivation book, behind it. And the motivation behind it. I, um, the book is called The Cost of Greatness. And um, it, 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 it's an interesting tale because I'm trying my best to teach entrepreneurs uh, the basics of, of starting and growing a small business, a brick and mortar small business, not like network marketing or anything, but actual you know, good old-fashioned business, mm-hmm. but do it from a, a believer standpoint. Do it from the standpoint of a child of God who's trying their best to get closer to God and live a holy life, but at the same time, they have to live in a secular world and go out every day and try to make money and provide for their family. So the motivation behind it was to uh, share my experiences, share my ups and downs and the good, bad, and the ugly, and let people know that it is possible to be profitable in small business, to be profitable and be successful in your career and serve God. You can't do both. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important. Some might be asking, what does this have to do with defending your faith? But I know that when, when we think of defending our faith, we kind of think very narrow. Um, However, one of the biggest aspects of defending your faith is your life. Um, and we spend most of our time in the workplace and a lot of people don't know how to be a believer in business. Um, would you say that's a true assessment? That's a a really great assessment because, uh, sometimes you hear a lot of pastors say that folks act one way at church and they get to work in a totally different way. And that our best witness would be how we live our lives you know, around the people around the most, you know, when we're at work and in our communities, in our homes. So, you know, some people call it marketplace ministry, but it's really just being sincere with your faith and being the same way all the time. Mm-hmm. What do you think the biggest challenges for a uh, marketplace ministry? 
Well, from a leadership standpoint, it's about setting the tone. I had a great opportunity when I first moved to Jacksonville working at Edwards College. And it's a Christian university, uh, HBCU, as a matter of fact. And uh, the president I worked on, because I worked directly with the president um, in the administration, uh, she would lead every meeting with a prayer. And she went out of way, Dr. Williams, she went out of her way to set the tone that she was going to serve God and everybody that reported directly to her was going to know that and not be afraid to pray at work and not be afraid that they needed to read their word, you know, and not be afraid to exemplify their faith on a daily basis. And it impacted me greatly because when I became an entrepreneur and started my own business and left at Waters College um, um, after, after some time, I had a great benchmark. I had a great, uh, you know, understanding of how to set the mantra and hire people from the beginning and let them know that we are a Christian-owned business. We're not going to push our faith on you, but we're not going to shy away from who we are. And if you can be consistent, I think you can definitely, uh, from a marketplace ministry standpoint, you can definitely set the tone and folks will, will follow. Mm-hmm. So for those who are listening and saying, man, I wish I had a work environment like that at my job. I don't think I could say anything about uh, Jesus <laughs> without getting fired or sending, get sent to HR for diversity and inclusion. Um, yeah. How would you, how, what would you say to them? Cause I know you have some experience also in HR. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's two different thought processes. Okay. Right. So you have the fortune 500 companies where they're going to have an employee handbook and manual. That's probably the size of, you know, the new Testament. And (laughs) uh, there's going to be so many rules and regulations and things you can and can't say, but I think the best way to do it is live your life at work as a true believer and let people see that you're making the right decisions on a daily basis. So when it does come a time where you need to go and pray or you need to do something, it won't be awkward for you to communicate that to your supervisor. So I think it's awkward when they don't know, they're not really comfortable with who you are and how you live your life. Mm -hmm. And then they have to say, for example, well, I don't understand why that's important to you. Well, from a, you know, I, I worked in HR for several years and most, you know, most direct supervisors or managers, they're not all great, but some of them, you know, they understand they have to meet people where they are, not from a spiritual standpoint, but just from they have to react to different people different ways. And if you're someone that's serious about your faith, I think they'll take your faith seriously. However, if you downplay it and then you want to, you know, get that day off for a good Friday or whatever the case may be, it's going to it's going to seem inconsistent. So I think being consistent, being you don't have to be overly spiritual, but it's still being who you are will give you an opportunity to, uh, you know, show your faith in a way that will be appreciated as well as accepted, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think that what you said, be consistent, is very important because if you if you're not consistent in the way you live your life, when you encounter different beliefs, people are always going to go back to what do you do? If you're if you don't behave with excellence at work, if you're a gossip at work, you know, if yeah. if you Good always point. have drama, you know, when they say, well, I don't believe in Christianity. And you say, well, this is the reason why I believe. And then your life is going to kind of shade everything that you've you've presented to them um, mm-hmm. in the workplace. So 
you know, it's important, like you said, to be consistent on all fronts because you don't, your life speaks louder than your defense of the faith, you know, yeah. especially in the marketplace because people are skeptical. And, and one thing I want to add, so if that's, that's, if you're the employee, you know, those are kind of your steps and kind of your marching orders of living your life in, in the marketplace. But if you're the leader, if you're a director, if you're an owner, you have to make every decision with the eyes of God, meaning you have to approach things as if um, you're making a decision at church. And, and, I, and I hate to say it, you're making a decision at church, because we all know the little simple response over there, what would Jesus do, and you know how would the Spirit lead me in this situation. But from the standpoint of uh, would somebody make this decision knowing God is standing next to them? And you can't, you can't always... Um, approach things the same way another business leader would approach it if he didn't have our faith because that's what your employees that's what your vendors that's what your customers are looking at are you a Christian even when it doesn't benefit you because if you're that director and you're that owner or whomever and you have an opportunity to make more money or to be in a better position from a business standpoint and you say, well, my faith is not important today, or I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity, even though it's against the principles that I live by or the faith that I enjoy, you lose so much credibility. It can't even be significant. I mean, it's ridiculous. You lose so much credibility immediately, and it'll take you months and years to gain it back because mm-hmm. you took off that day. It's just like the pastor we talk about. The pastor can do everything right for 10 years. He makes one mistake, and all of a sudden, everyone wants to leave the church. Mm-hmm. And so the same thing is in the marketplace with with leaders that are Christian. You have to do what's right all the time. And because so much is given, much is required. Mm -hmm. And that's a part in the book that I talk about. It's difficult walking that out. You know, just like many of us should not desire to be teachers, Mm -hmm. judge more harshly, the same thing applies in the marketplace, becoming a Christian business owner. The same things apply. It's not easy. But it is a requirement of leading our faith and in a business. Mm -hmm. That's very good because I think, you know, one of the people, people think, you know, pastors only have the great responsibility as believers. But you're saying in the book, Cost of Greatness, no, as a business leader, as a, you were able to go from, was it 10,000 to over 6 million in revenue? Yeah, we were, we're. We went from ten thousand dollars to a little over five million in a few short years. Mm-hmm. But and, you have uh, the same responsibility as your pastor, as being yeah. someone in the community, because you you are. Some people may never go to church, but they'll see your life and they'll be like, "Well, I mean, he seems like a good minister at church, but he's a shiesty <laughs> businessman, you know." Yeah. And so many yeah. believers had that testimony, like. Yeah. Oh, they go to church, but they, you know, they don't do business right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a really good example. I can't count, I can't count how many times, because my wife is, is my business partner, I can't count how many times we've, we've had people come to us, our employees come to us and want counsel for spiritual things. Mm-hmm. And I felt conflicted because it was so much easier to want to be a boss in certain situations because... Mm-hmm. They want to take extra time off or they need money or whatever the case may be. But as a man of God, I'm like, this is the time I need to show grace 
this is the time I need to show mercy. This is the time where I need to be more like Jesus that we pray about. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult balancing those two. Mm-hmm. It's extremely difficult balancing the two, but it can be done. But, you know, like everything else in life that the Book of Proverbs teaches us, you need a lot of wisdom and experience as well. Mm-hmm. So, Ryan, what's the hardest thing for you, you think, about being a believer? For me, I would say, be, you know, being consistent with your faith. Uh, it's easy to do when things are going well and life is good and business is good. But when you have those adverse situations and circumstances that come up, you know, it's not so easy. Uh, for example, my wife and I had someone steal $60,000 from us early on in our business. I write about it in the book, and I talk about how it's difficult when you got 40 people looking at you, 40 employees, and, they, you know, they know you're a believer and they know you love God and you open up meetings and prayer and all this kind of cute stuff. But now when things aren't going your way, are you going to curse you know, are you going to exemplify the world and, you know, the Bible says be angry but sin not? Are you going to sin now? When the world says it's okay because somebody just also win from you. You know, that was a lot of money for us uh, back then. I mean, it's still a lot of money now, but it was even more money to us then. And uh, that's, so that's hard. You know, when things don't go your way and everybody's looking at you for direction from a spiritual standpoint as well as from a business standpoint, and you've got to still maintain your integrity, you know, being holy because he's holy. It's not easy. And that's the hardest part about it to me because you don't get a, you don't get a pass. There's no other way to say it. You don't get a pass. You, you've got to still maintain, uh, you know, the Jesus in you. You've got to maintain that because otherwise you'll lose your witness. And I don't think God places us in a position of being Christians, business owners, if we're not going to be an effective witness. So that's the difficult part for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's so good because um, I was just talking to someone the other day and they were saying about uh, someone, they love God, but they're a horrible business person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, I thought, and I think that's so important because we have to, and whatever we do, we have to do it as unto the Lord. So, yeah marketplace ministry is your ministry people kind of limit ministry to what they think ministry should be um a pulpit but like i said earlier you as a entrepreneur you reach more people um and you in those who are listening that are in the marketplace that at work every day you're talking to probably more unbelievers than your your pastor and leader does because they're limited to you know they work mm-hmm. at the church. So a lot of times mm-hmm. they're seeing their congregation, the same people over and over again, while you are talking, you're engaged, you're on the ground level and you're able to really take what they're, what they're teaching. And that's when you really start applying it in the marketplace. People ask you questions at work about your faith. Um, those are the times that real ministry is taken taking place and not that real ministry doesn't take place in the church, but it's just, so you know that my ministry doesn't end when I leave church, I serve at church on Sundays, but on Monday when I clock in ministry starts too. Yeah. Uh, Lecrae did a really good uh, speech. I think it was at Liberty. It might not have been at Liberty, but he did a, uh, a speech at graduation about that, you know, marketplace ministry. And I think, you echoed a lot of the points he made about the fact that, you know, we need we need a 
we need a minister who's a doctor or who's a lawyer and who's a business owner in every other area because otherwise how do we go towards the hedges and the highways if we're not at the hedges and the highways preaching the <laughs> gospel of God? So, uh, so definitely, I agree with you. Yeah. So, for your what what would be something that you would like to highlight from your book that we haven't already talked about? Um, just that you know, it's it's real, it's real. Um, it's it's unfiltered. You know, it's um, it's not written to make anything better than it is or anyone better than it is. It's just a, a you know old fashioned testimony with a business twist. So you'll get the opportunity to hear about how God blessed my wife and I and literally did, you know, miracle signs, wonders in our life, as well as how many times I've screwed up in business. <laughs> so you get it all. And um, I think the books is a, is, is a realistic view at business today, as well as not just business today, but business today as a Christian business owner and identifying yourself as a, as a child of God first. And going out in the world and trying to do the best thing you can do. And I think a lot of people will be able to relate to it. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Tell our audience where they could get your book. Okay. Well, you know, it's available everywhere uh, from Amazon, our book, um, all the way to uh, not just ebook, but paperback and hardback. But um, the most accessible place I send people to is lulu.com. That's lulu, L U L U. Dot com and uh, you can go there and get The Cost of Greatness by Ryan Gilliam and I think everybody will get not just a great read but also a lot of information about starting and growing your own small business. That's dope. So also let our audience know your social media handles. Oh yes, I am on social media now. I am doing <laughs> the social media thing. I am on Instagram at Gilliam Ryan. That's at Gilliam Ryan, G-I-L-L-I-A-M-R-Y-N. So at Gilliam Ryan on Instagram and uh, on Facebook is just my name, Ryan Gilliam. But yeah, follow me on social media. I would love to continue the conversation. Awesome. Is there anything else you want to leave with us? I thank you so much, Lisa, for the opportunity to come on the show. I really appreciate it. I've been listening for a while now, so it's pretty cool to listen to a show and then get to be a part of it. So I wish you, you know, the most success and can't wait to see what you guys are going to do in the future. Awesome. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Jude 3 Project podcast. You can catch all our past episodes at www.jude3project.com backslash podcast. You can follow us on iTunes by searching Jude 3 Project. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at Jude 3 Project, on Instagram at Jude 3 Project, and on Facebook at facebook.com. Um, backslash Jude 3 project and remember you can donate on our site so if this um, this podcast and this ministry is a blessing to you help support us financially um, by going on our website at jude3project.com and hitting the donate tab um, and donating consider donating to us thank you so much remember at the Jude 3 project we're helping you to know what you believe and why you believe it